Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. Here has been the year of God's goodness. And um, what I want to talk to you about this morning, I really felt, and I couldn't escape it. I, I, I really sought the Lord for, you know, the last week and then into this week after Rod had asked, and I couldn't escape this theme that God's timing is not just good, it's perfect. And so that's what I'm going to talk to you about this morning. Um, and I've got a couple of videos clips um, from The Chosen. Anybody have, has anybody seen any of The Chosen? Um, it's, it's a really a wonderful, uh, probably the best production um, that I've seen on the life of Jesus and the disciples and in a, in a new way, a new medium, being out available free and on the app and, and hundreds of millions of people have seen it around the world. So um, they have graciously allowed us to, to use the clips this morning. Um, a couple of disclaimers for the guys on the camera. I like to walk, so I'm going to walk out probably of the screen. So I apologize for that. Um, and I'm going to try and kind of stay focused here and stay, stay centered, but I, I'm sure I'm probably going to travel. The other thing is that the camera, they say, adds a few pounds. So, you know, for those who know me on the camera, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's just the camera. Um, so let's go ahead with those, those couple of clips from The Chosen, and then we're going to get into talking about God's timing being good, not just good, but perfect. Talk to me. 
Watch out for the frogs this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sons of Jonah! We were just looking for you. They're dancing to the song of Miriam, and we thought you wouldn't want to miss it. Of course. Let's the three of us show them how it's done, huh? I don't think that's such a good idea. Why? Andrew has four left feet. Four? <laughs> Why four? When he tries to dance, he looks like a donkey walking on hot coals. <laughs> oh, Andrew, do you deny it? I've never seen a donkey walking on hot coals. Actually, that would be a terrible thing to behold. My son. Ah, Andrew, you see, even my own mother will join us in the Song of Miriam. They've run out of wine. <sighs> but it's only the first day. Yes, and it's all gone. Not a drop left. Why are you telling me this? We can't let the celebration end like this. And Etcher's family humiliated. Boys, uh, go join the others. I'll be right there. Mm. That was a nice tie-in to Rod's message a couple weeks ago on encountering God's goodness, and he talked about the, the wedding at Cana. Um, read a scripture to out of 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 and 9. It says, But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Father, I just ask this morning, as we look into your word, that you would grace my lips, Father, that you would anoint my lips to, to speak that just that which you would have this morning, Father. I know you have a word for some people this morning. Thank you, God, that your word goes out and it doesn't return void. Amen. Time flies like an arrow, they say. Fruit flies like bananas. Just wait for a minute. Just had to throw in a little joke about time. But so we're talking about timing this morning. So the first, the first point I want to make um, is that his timing is not always our timing. Amen. In this scripture Peter's talking about. He says, "The Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. Some understand slowness." He's talking to people that have been waiting. They, they think things were, should have happened differently, or maybe sometimes in our lives we think things should have happened differently in different timing, in a different way. But Peter's reminding the church here that God is not slow in keeping his promise. They were waiting with eager expectation. They had an expectation from when Jesus left, when he ascended in the book of Acts, and he commissioned them out to to. To, to preach the gospel to the nations and to make disciples of all nations, their expectation was that he was returning imminently. Um, and we're going to get to that a little bit more, but, but some of them felt like he may have been slow in, in his return. But here we are more than 2,000 years later, and we're still awaiting that final return of the king, right? 
And so his timing is not always our timing. When we first got, got married, um, we, we honeymooned in the Caribbean, St. Lucia, the wonderful honeymoon. Interesting story. My wife could, would love to tell you the story sometime. I'm not going to go into that today. But we had a lot of fun in the end. And the Lord planted something of a seed of the Caribbean in our hearts. And a little bit later in that year, um, we were having breakfast in our apartment one morning out on the, the back balcony. It was a nice, I think it was a, like an early summer morning. And the Lord had been stirring in my heart. I had never done missions. I had gone on a couple of ministry trips and things, and, uh, but not, not anything ever in, in the way of missions. And the Lord had been stirring in my heart. And I just, I said to Sarah, I said, you know, hey, I, I think the Lord's calling us to do something. I think we need to, to go and do something. And oh, by the way, we heard, heard Dave and Carol. We're going to be Dave and Carol Cape, who some of you know who here. Um, and they were going to be going and, and starting. They were just, just at the very beginning of planning and launching out into the, the Caribbean and looking to do work into 12 islands there. And so I was like, hey, this is, here's our opportunity. This is fantastic. And so we approached them. They, were, they happened to be a few weeks later coming through so they could share the vision of what was happening. And so we approached them and said, hey, Dave and Carol, we'd love to go with you guys. You know, we know you're looking for some people to go with you. We'd love to go with you. And we had a, a good conversation. I remember exactly where we are sitting on the couch at Tony Marilyn Fitzgerald's house in, in Richmond on Eagle Ridge Road. And, and Dave just said, well, you know, you guys are a little bit young and, and maybe a little inexperienced. And, and at the time, Sarah was 19. She turned 19 the week after we were married. And yet she was probably more experienced than I was. I'll say that. Um, but we're sitting there and Dave says, I think that you guys should go to one of our schools that we have, either in Maidstone in England or in Jeffreys Bay in South Africa. And we were a little kind of taken back because we thought, you know, the Lord was stirring this thing, that this, now was the time. And the story goes, we ended up in Jeffreys Bay for two years. And then from there, the Lord spoke to us. We ended up back in Richmond. And so 16 years go by before the Lord then brought back that seed of the Caribbean. And that 2018, we were actually sailing on the very northern part of the Caribbean when the Lord spoke into our hearts and said, now in this season, I'm calling you good to go to back to the Caribbean. Um, and part of this, um, I can talk about her because she's not here today. No, I would if she wasn't here. But Val, um, we, we've known Rod and Val since 2003. We met them uh, the middle of the first year that we were in South Africa. Um, and fast forward about four or five years, I think it was two, somewhere around 2007 or eight, we're in a, in a leader's time and Rod and Val were there and uh, they had to leave early to catch a plane to come back here, I think for the Sunday morning. And <clears throat> they had already planted here. It was early first couple years of the church, obviously. And so they, they're going rushing out to jump on the plane and Rod, I mean, Val sticks this piece of yellow paper ripped off from a you know, thing with a scribbled pencil note that's a prophetic word she felt like she had for us. And the word was that God had us in a holding pattern. I'm like, well, thanks very much. Appreciate that. <laughs> and a few years later, we continue on and, and other words come and there's things that you thought that you were gonna do as a younger man and you'll get to do them, but it's not yet. And I'm like, okay, God, come on now. So 
16 years. It was 16 years from the time when the Lord really first started to plant that seed of the Caribbean till we've actually, you know, got to that place where we knew that that was the season. But then, even then, it's been another four years of transition from that time to get to the place where we are. So sometimes God's timing is different than ours, amen? Um, Hebrews 10 says, you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. And I wanna say this, that sometimes in life, there's a season as we're waiting on the, the right timing from God. And trust me, you wanna have the right timing from God. Um, as we transitioned into the move here from Virginia, um, the Lord gave my wife a word from Joshua. And the Lord spoke to Joshua and said, make sure that you don't go out ahead of me in what you do because you've never gone this way before. And so the Lord spoke that to us. And so we've been waiting and waiting and trying to hear from the Lord and in his timing. But I wanna say this and I wanna encourage you in this this morning. When we're in that place of waiting, embrace the journey. Because there is a lot of things that have happened in our lives. There's a lot of growth. There's a lot of people that we have been able to bless. There's a lot of people that we've been blessed through over this 20 plus year journey that we've been on to get to the place we are. So as you're in that place of waiting, don't keep, keep yourself focused on the Lord and what he has for you and embrace the journey that's right in front of you day to day. There's nothing that we can change in the future or the past. We need to live in the present. We do plan for the future, but we can't change it. We can't alter it. We, we, we can't get there sooner. So live in the present, embrace the journey that he has for you. Caleb is a great example of that. Joshua chapter 14, as Caleb's coming to the end of his life, early on in the days when they were in the wilderness, you know, Caleb and Joshua, those who don't know the story, Caleb and Joshua were the two, two of the 12 spies that Moses had sent into the promised land. And they came back with a good report and said, no, God's given us this place. He's promised it to us. And so fast forward in the story, the Lord spoke through Moses to Caleb and said, you will not die before you obtain the promise of the inheritance that you have. And so there was a very specific piece of land. And so Caleb, fast forward 45 years and Caleb's standing here and he says, now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive 45 years since the time he said to Moses, while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old, I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the and Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said. 45 years, he waited. And he, I mean, and, and I'm, those were not, some easy years walking through the wilderness. Amen? So if Caleb had to wait, sometimes we have to wait for the Lord's timing. Um, Isaiah chapter 55, verse eight and nine says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my, your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So, his timing is not always our timing. Second point I wanna make, talking about timing, is the Father's timing is perfect. 
Why is the Father's timing perfect? God is the creator of time. Amen? But he's not governed by time. He moves through time with us, but he's not subjected to time. Okay? He, and he's not driven by time. When you look through different events that happen in the Bible, they're not driven by chronos or the Greek word for time. They are driven by events. Okay? What's the most valuable commodity that we have on earth? Oil, gold, gas, time. Time. I have a, a client who said to me one day, I was in, was in there and we were discussing a, a job that he wanted me to do. And I said, well, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost. And he said, well, is it going to save me time? He said, I can make more money. I can't make more time. And so time is one of the most valuable things we have. Any, any Clint Black fans? I'm going way back into my archives here. Clint Black, when he first burst onto the country music scene back, I think it was the late 80s, early 90s, um, his first album was called Killing Time. This Killing Time is Killing Me. By his third album, was No Time to Kill. There's no time to kill between the cradle and the grave. So that was a pretty quick transformation that happened there um, for him. And he, you know, that's we're talking about in the world here. So um, we, we are governed by time, but God is not. And so um, we're, we're journeying this, this through. And I think that Barry's message from last week, where's Barry? Barry, here. Fantastic message on living a life worth living and, and how, you, how you eloquently brought that to us. And I, if you didn't hear the message, go back to it. Um, it was really, really good and very pertinent to this whole thing of, of timing, timing and us being in the place where God can use us in the right timing, living a life, a life worth living. Um, great message, Barry. Matthew 24, verse 36 says, no one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And in Matthew, I'm actually going to skip ahead to one. In Matthew 24, verse 14, which was actually before that, it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. You can see that there's not a timing. There's no date that's put to when the end will come. It's when this gospel of the kingdom is proclaimed, there's an event that takes place in order to, to precipitate the end and the return of Jesus. And I'm going to read that scripture in, in Acts chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. It says that he may send the Christ appointed to you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time of the restoration of all things, about which God spoke by the mouth of the holy prophets long ago. So again, there's an event that has to happen. It's that Jesus is held back until the time of the restoration of all things. And only the Father knows that time because it's not time-driven. He's waiting for events to take place. He's waiting for that gospel of the kingdom to be proclaimed as, to all as a witness. And then the end will come. So the Father's timing is perfect. His timing is often years in the making. The story of Esther. The little young ladies are studying Esther now. And this is Mordecai speaking in Esther chapter 4 and verse 14. He says, For if you keep silent at this time, and if you don't know the story of Esther, it's a fabulous story. Go, go have a look. We don't have time this morning. I'm not even looking at the clock. And now 
counting down to, whew, Jesus, we need help. I got a, I got a lot here to, that I, I feel like I need to share. But uh, So Esther 4, verse 14 says, For if you keep silent at this time, liberation and rescue will arise for the Jews from another place. So Haman had, had through, through the king, had made this whole declaration that they were going to annihilate the Jews. And Esther had been positioned here, and it says, and, and Mordecai is saying, and he says, and who knows whether you have attended or attained royalty for a time such as this. And Esther had been put in that place, but there was years of preparation that led her to that place. And then she found favor with the king, found herself in that place where she was able to bring about uh, a change uh, and salvation for the, the Jewish nation. Amen. Jesus, we saw the clips from the chosen. At 12 years old, Jesus is in the temple. The, the most brilliant minds of the day, they're in the temple because the, they, were, they were it. They were the elite. They were the educated. They, they knew everything. They marveled at 12 years old at his understanding. And yet when they found him, we don't hear much more after that. They found him, and there's 18 years, and the only thing that we really know about that time period, it says that Jesus went back with his parents, and he grew in favor and stature with men and with God. And so Jesus had to grow in favor with God. How about that? That's a, he was God, but had to grow in favor with God. It's an amazing concept. But it was 30 years, and, another, and then another three years before Jesus really got to the end of his ministry, um, so if, if Jesus has to, there's, there's a time, there's a process that the Lord is taking us through. There's certain events that when he knows that the timing and we're ready, um, I, there's, I was at a conference in 1998, um, Rick Joyner was speaking. I don't know if anybody's familiar with Rick Joyner. He was a very strong prophetic voice in the nation for a lot of years. And he was speaking and he, he was, he was actually sharing a story. So this is like a fourth hand story, but he was with Paul Cain who's another prophet in the nation for years. And they were, they were in the back room prepping for a meeting. And Paul Cain has this, this old parchment letter. If you could just put up the, the slide of the old letter. Um, he's got this piece of paper that looks like parchment. And Rick says to him, he says, Paul, what is this? So Paul says to him, well, he says, it's a prophetic word that the Lord gave me 25 years ago. And I've kept it. And the Lord spoke to me and told me the people are here tonight that the word is for. So God is not moved by time. I had a very similar experience. Um, in my last trip to South Africa it was in 2013. I was there. I wasn't there for a conference, but I was there at the time when there was a conference. And there was a, I was sitting there in the, I was just there for the first day of the conference because I had to catch my plane back home. And I was sitting there and just, you know, enjoying the worship, enjoying the, the, the word, and just kind of soaking in. And the Lord spoke to me about, a girl, there was a, a girl, a young girl who was there, um, had come from Virginia to South Africa, and she was there. And I hadn't really had the opportunity to meet her very much, but I think one time my wife got to know her a little bit. Um, but she was there in this meeting. She was there as part of the, the group of students in the school that we have there. And I, I felt the Lord gave me this word for her. And I so I start writing it down because I know I've got to leave and catch a plane. So it's kind of the same, same story with Val, uh, with her handing me that. So I'm writing this thing down. And I never got to give her the word. 
And so I was like, okay, Lord, I don't know. I mean, if there's an opportunity, maybe I can mail it to her. Well, you know, time goes. Fast forward December 2015, so more than two years later, we're, we're having our Christmas church meeting in, back in Richmond, and in walks Sarah and Heinrich, her husband now. She married a South African man. And that week, as I was going through my desk, I found the word. And I had no idea that they were going to be there. And they showed up, and I, I was like, wow. I was like, I was like, you know, this is really bizarre, but I have this word for you that I, I wrote down a couple years ago. And, and when, she, when they read it, she, she messaged us and said, you know what? The word was actually much more meaningful now than it would have been then. So God's timing, it's perfect. It's perfect. Third point I want to make about God's timing, and this one I really felt this is for someone here today. Um, God's perceived delay is not his denial. God's delay, I put perceived in there because most of the time we perceive it as a delay, but it's not really a delay. But God's delay is not his denial. And I want to tell you, we were sitting in worship, and this isn't in my notes, but the word says that hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. And so this, I really feel this is for someone here this morning. If your hope is not anchored in Christ, hope deferred will make the heart grow sick. Your hope needs to be anchored in Christ. Because when some of these delays that we perceive as delays, when the timing isn't what we think it is, when we have to push through sometimes difficult times and circumstances to get to where the Lord has for us. Like it said in Hebrews, you have need of endurance. So after you've done the will of God, you can receive the promise. There is a time our hope has to be anchored in Christ. Amen. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, uh, verse 12 to 14 says, Then he said to me, Do not be afraid, Daniel, from the first day, that you set your heart on understanding this and humbling yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia was standing in my way for 21 days. Then behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left there with the kings of Persia. So Daniel, oh, there's, there's another, I think there's another. It's with all the kings of Persia. Now I have come to explain what will happen to your people in the latter days because the vision pertains to the days in the future. So Daniel is here and he has a disturbing vision from the Lord. And um, he has this vision from the Lord and he, he prays to God uh, and he asks for the interpretation. Says, God, what does this mean? This is very disturbing to me. And so immediately... Gabriel, and this is the angel Gabriel, and we've heard some stories about Gabriel. Gabriel's presenting himself to, to Mary and to Joseph. He was one of the top dudes in the angelic choirs. And so he's commissioned immediately when Daniel prays. He says, as soon as you prayed, I was commissioned, but he was withstood 21 days. So the delay, Daniel's waiting for 21 days, and he's like, okay, God, are you going to answer me? He's like, I'm a little bit perturbed by, and disturbed by what I've seen and heard. Can you help? And so Gabriel finally gets to him after he was able to get assistance from Michael. Um, and so even in that situation, we see 
that sometimes there's a delay and it's not always God, it's not God that's delaying always. Okay, we're gonna get to a little bit more on that in a few minutes. Share a little bit of our, uh, a testimony from, from Puerto Rico, which was after we heard in 2018, the latter part of 2018, that the Caribbean was gonna be the place of focus. And for some of the men who were there a few weeks ago, you've heard a little bit of this. So sorry for the repeat, but I felt like it was pertinent. Um, so we heard from the Lord that the Caribbean was gonna be the focus and the Lord gave us some very specific directives. And he said, you need to go to Puerto Rico and pray. And it was like, okay, very, that's very specific because we had never been to Puerto Rico. We actually had been to Puerto Rico, but just our feet on the ground at the airport, we never actually spent any time there. And so we are like, okay, well, Lord said this, and we had we started to go through the process. We got a map of the Caribbean and started to map out where we had been. And we're like, okay, we need to go to Puerto Rico and pray. And so we can get clarity on what the Lord has for us in this season, because usually when the Lord tells us to do something, he's going to speak to us. And so we were tried to go in December, the kids' holidays, and it didn't work out. February, the kids had a couple more days off tried to go and it didn't work out. And finally, Sarah says to me, she says, look, she says, the Lord spoke to us to do this. We need to put a date on the calendar. And so we did. And we put a date on the calendar uh, of early August, not a specific date. We said, look, by this time we need to go in the kids, when the kids' summer holidays are happening. And we, we were praying, praying into that, walking and praying. Sarah was walking and praying. She's like, okay, God, we're going to doing this Puerto Rico thing. And we get close to the time and we're in a bit of a financial challenging time, uh, you know, in our family. And, and it's like, okay, we need to see some finances come in if this thing is going to happen, because there's no way we can do this. And I would be, I mean, we could, we could make it happen, but I've, I've been there and done that before and, and operated in presumption and what I thought was faith and it was presumption and ended up, <laughs> in some trouble. So I was like, we're not gonna, we're not gonna walk in presumption of this. We're gonna be in faith, but God needs to provide for this thing. And we had a very specific amount of money. I said, okay, this is what we, this is exactly what we need. And so we're going through this thing and we get to the last week before and we had made our contacts. And, and so amazingly, it worked out the contact that we had, it totally, Everything lined up for this. The dates of when they, they had a team there from Wyoming. He said, hey, you can come and meet us on the Monday and join with the team and we can spend some time together just fellowshipping as we're working and doing some stuff and, and it'll, it'll be great. So we're like, okay, we got, we've got to be there. We know this is, is God's in this thing. Get to the week before and we're like, okay, we've got to book our tickets by this Wednesday and we were going to be going on the Sunday. So we're like five days before and we haven't seen the money. I actually booked the tickets on a credit card. And I said, look, baby, I said, we'll book them and the money's gonna come, I know it. But if not, then we're gonna cancel it because we're not gonna do this whole presumption thing again. Day comes and goes and I was like, we gotta cancel the tickets. So we canceled the tickets and Sarah was like, she was so in faith for this thing. So we're, we, we went out for a walk the next morning and she was just, angry with God. She was like, God, you told us that this is what we needed to do. And you told us you were going to provide for it. And she's praying and she's, you know, that's, God's okay with that. Do you know that? He's okay with it. We can have some conversation and a little bit of kind of 
He's, he's big enough. He's got big enough shoulders to, to handle that. So we're, we're walking, and this is a Thursday. And then so she says, okay, so it's fine. They asked me to come into the school and work. And if we're not going to be going to Puerto Rico, I may as well just go in and, and take a shift at the school. She does. So um, I'm, I'm going. I've got a, I had a client meeting that, that next morning. She goes off to the school to work and meet with the client expecting maybe that God will do something. Eh, nothing happens. So I'm like, oh, well, at least I'll bring Sarah a coffee at work. So I go by Starbucks, pick up a coffee for her, and I'm driving. I'm about a mile away from the school, and I get a call from someone I hadn't. It was a prospective client who I hadn't spoken to. I went and met with them weeks before, a couple months before, giving them a proposal, never heard another word from them. And the lady on the other end of the phone, she says, hey, Jason, she says, I just want to, sorry it's been a little bit since we got back to you, but um, we like your proposal, and um, I, we've got a contract, and I have a check here for you for the exact amount of money that we needed. And so we were able to go. So we booked our tickets on that Friday. We flew on Sunday. Um, and... The testimony of, if we've got the, the picture of the team there from Puerto Rico. Uh, so this is the guys from Wyoming that were there. Carlos, who was our contact, he's there in Puerto Rico. Um, and one of the guys that works with him in the back. And, and so, and, and we could go, I could go into the story about this, the testimony of this that happened there, but it was an amazing three and a half days that we had in Puerto Rico. Um, and, and God was in the whole thing. Um, Amen. So, so God's delay is not always his denial. And some, sometimes he wants us to get to the point where there's no other way. It's only him. He's, he's the only one that could get the glory for how it happened. Amen. Okay. So I said this wasn't going to be a typical Palm Sunday message, but we're going to kind of get into a little bit of Palm Sunday here. So the fourth point is Jesus was not moved by time. He was moved by the Father. Um, and John 5, 19, it's a familiar scripture to many of us. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son does likewise. Lazarus was a great example of that, and Rod used that in his, in his message recently. Jesus waited four days. And Mary comes to him and says, Jesus, what, what's the deal? If you had come sooner, Lazarus wouldn't be dead. And we know how the story goes. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. But it was in God's timing. It was in his timing. So Jesus was never moved by time. He was always moved by the Father. Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem Luke 19, 29, uh, we read through verse 40. So the good little passage here, and this is kind of our Palm Sunday tie-in here. But when, when he had come near Bethpage and Bethany, the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples saying, go into the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you'll find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Just say the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord needs it. 
Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to them, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. It's another plug to Barry. You had a busy week, Barry. Barry did a great job Wednesday night. I wasn't able to be there, but I listened to it on, on the podcast. And Barry did a great job of kind of taking us through the, the last week of Jesus leading up to this. Um, and so the people here welcome Jesus into the city, right? Um, and I think Barry, Barry alluded to that it was really the, 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 the official presentation of Jesus coming officially as he, he knew, I, I think at this point, very, very close or soon after, kind of all things that he knew, he knew what was going to happen, everything that had come into his understanding about what was to take place in the coming few days. And the people, people welcomed him into the city. They cast down their gar garments. Says some of them, if they didn't have garments, they, they got palm branches, and that's where we get the whole Palm Sunday thing from. They, they laid those down. And I know the disciples, because they still, in their mind, and I, I, was, I was glad that Harlan mentioned it this morning, that we have the benefit of having the end of the story. They were on the other side of it. And so they're, they're sitting here there. They got this triumphal march into, you know, Blessed is the, you know, the king, Hosanna to the king. And they're like, wow, this three years now that we've spent with Jesus, we've, they've, they've given everything. They've committed their lives to Jesus and to following him. And they're like, well, finally, we finally arrived here. We're arriving in Jerusalem. Jesus, Jesus is going to take his, his place on the physical throne here in Jerusalem and overthrow the, you know, the, the earthly government that was there and restore the rightful government of Israel, Right? And we realized that in a very short time, uh, things changed. And if you read through John, it's one of my favorite accounts in the Gospels. John chapter 12 onward is, is mostly red letters. It's mostly Jesus in a kind of a final unfolding of his heart. And, and as Barry said last week in his message, speaking plainly, Jesus began to speak to them plainly. He had spoken in so many parables and taught them through parables and then explaining them. But he here, he begins to speak to them plainly and say, hey, guys, it's time for this transition of the kingdom. It's time for me to go. And it was much earlier where, where you know, Peter had said, oh, Lord, you, you know, no, no, far be it from you. You don't, have, you don't need to go die. And Jesus said, get behind me. And then here again in John chapter 12, he starts speaking of having to leave again. And having to go to the cross. Let's check on my time here. I think some see somebody reset the clock back here, and that that because <laughs> I I was I was about at the I, I was about at the end here, and now so I, are you guys still with me? Are we good? Are you good? Because I'm Fred. Don't do that to me again, buddy. Fred reset the clock and gave me more time than I thought I had. So. Um, Let's, let's see if we can bring this in for a landing here. Um, so in John 17, um, 
So Jesus goes through and unfolds this whole thing, and there's going to be a transition of kingdoms here from an external kingdom, which was what they knew, into an internal kingdom. The new covenant was an internal kingdom. Jesus said the law and grace came through Moses. Uh, the law, law and truth came through Moses, but, or, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And, and so there was a transition from being dictated by the law to being dictated by the issues of the heart. There was issues of the heart that Jesus dealt with. He said, Moses permitted you to divorce, but I say to you, there's a better way. And so there was this whole transition. And so the, the disciples are kind of wrestling with this whole thing. Is there, is there, they thought that there was going to be the, the, the coming of the, the actual kingdom of Israel. Um, and, um, but Jesus prays in John 17. And this is really the Lord's Prayer. And he says, the work that you've given me to do, I've completed. Before he went to the cross. It's an amazing, amazing scripture there when you think about it. But what was he talking about? There's, there's so many ways that the Lord could have brought about salvation or, or restitution for our sin, but there was something that Jesus, why did Jesus need three years? He needed three years because he needed to get 12 men to the place where they could turn the world upside down. He needed to pour into them his life and everything that he understood and his revelation it revealed to them the Father. And in John 14, when Thomas is asking or you know, says, says, Lord, just tell us where, where you're going and we can follow because I, I want to be where you are. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father. And Philip says, well, that's fine. Just show us the Father. And, and Jesus says to Philip, he says, have you not been with me so, so long that you know that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father? And so that was the, this whole three years is about getting these 12 men to that place where that after he had brought about redemption and then when he breathed on them and said, receive you the Holy Ghost and they were born again. That after that, they would be able to take that and turn the world upside down. Amen. Oh, so I have some good news for us. Our timing is not everything. Have any of you ever missed timing on something? Okay, so we're going to bring this thing in for a landing. Is God moved by us missing an opportunity or timing? No, not at all. In any situation, Isaiah 59 verse 1 says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear. Proverbs says, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the purposes of God will prevail. So we find ourselves, even when we miss his timing, and there's all kinds of things that will cause us to miss his timing. Sometimes it is Satan, it is that the devil, the enemy, comes to try and disrupt the timing. A lot of times it's ourselves. Sometimes it can be other people. We live in a world where there's consequences for action, but Romans 8.28 says this, and we know that all things in God works for the good of those who love him, and have been called according to his purposes. Amen? So thankfully, our timing, when we miss it, when we don't get it right, that God is still able to take that and work it for our good. God's more interested in us drawing near to him and us being in his will than we are in our, us being in our, he's more interested in fi us finding ourselves in his will than we are. 
he wants to get us there. He wants us to be there. And so he's willing to, to work with us and rearrange circumstances and move mountains to get us into the place where he wants us to be so that we're in the right position. Um, had some other stories about that, but we don't have time. Um, some of you may feel like there's a window of opportunity that you've missed. And I want to tell you this morning, it's not too late. Amen? It's never too late. As long as you're breathing, as long as you're here, it's not too late. And so we're going to pray this morning um, for that. I want to encourage you that over the last several weeks, the Lord's been speaking Fred's message on dare to believe. There was a call. There was a call to, to, to dare to, to dream, to dare to believe again, that the Lord was, was again calling us out of the boat. Amen? And for some of you that's still been, you, you may still even in that feel like you've missed the timing on that. It's not too late. There's time. If you're here, um, God's message is on encountering his goodness. I mean, go back over the last few weeks and see what the Lord has been saying. And then, like I said, Barry's message, a life worth living. We're, there, it's just the Lord has been speaking something. There's a cohesive thread through the last several weeks of what's been said. And even going back into last year, um, with some of the prophetic words and things that the Lord had been speaking. And I really believe that there, there is, the Lord wants to say there is a window of opportunity here. And we want to find ourselves in the right place. And what, all that we need to do is, is fix our eyes on him. It's as simple as us being fixed on him, having our face, like it says in Isaiah, our eyes set like flint on him. Hebrews says, fix our eyes on him, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. And so as we fix our gaze on him, we can't miss the timing. It, when he, we can't miss what he has for us. Sometimes we might miss the timing, but we can't miss what he has for us if, if we're fixed on him. Amen? Let's pray. I'm going to ask Fred and the guys to come. We're just going to close in a, a song um, and a Thank you, God. So if uh, just wanna, we're going to pray um, as we do often all together. If there's anyone here who you have not ever committed your life to the Lord um, and asked Jesus to, to be your Lord and your Savior, uh, we're going to pray, and we, we do that all together. Um, and so um, just as the guys are getting ready, let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you came to give life. That you sent your son to die and to be raised to life so that we could have abundance of life. And we declare today that we believe in him and confess with our mouth that he is Lord. Jesus, I invite you to be my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, find somebody. There's, there's a lot more to the story. Uh, so find someone, Jerry and Marie are here, Rachel and Harlan, Joey and Candace around, one of the elders, one of the, the, the leadership team that can, can talk to you more, pray with you, uh, or you know, at least fill out one of the connect cards. 
um, that we can get in touch with you, that one of the guys can get in touch with you. Um, for the rest of us, I'm going to let Fred, we're just going to lead us in a song, and then we're just going to come and pray one, one final prayer in closing. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together. I see the King of glory Coming on the clouds with fire The whole earth shakes The whole earth shakes Yeah, yeah. I see His love and Washing over all our sin, the people sing, the people sing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest, Hosanna. Yeah. 